When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're going showbiz. Oh my God, the glitz, the glam, it's everything. It's starring Jessica. Holy <laughs> shit, is it ever. Oh my God, this is so good. This, like, It is so much better than I thought it would be. Same. And you know, now that I'm looking at the cover, I don't know why I didn't realise, because it's got an exclamation mark in the title and you know <gasps> that's always good. So Like kidnapped. We should have known. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> and it's got a kind of a shitty subplot that was just really boring that we could more or less skim over, to be honest. True. It barely even counts as a subplot. Oh frankly. God, yeah. Um, but we, we'll dive right in as usual with some taglines and blurbs. And can you give us the cover line, please? I certainly can. The spotlight is on Jessica, or is it? Well, actually, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but uh, maybe it isn't. Oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> and the back tagline is a frankly desperate, choose me. So needy, isn't oh, it? Oh, so needy. <laughs> Fucking hell, Jessica, bit of dignity, please. <laughs> By the way, she actually does say those words it's in this true. book. I noticed that too. So, uh, yeah, she is uh, shameless. Um, but can you can you share the blurb, which is actually, uh, I mean, I don't think they could have written a more enticing blurb for us. You know, it really, it sets out their stall. We are sold from the get-go, so let's <laughs> absolutely get stuck in. Okay. <laughs> when TV talk show host Eric Parker comes to Sweet Valley and announces a contest to find the perfect American teen, <laughs> Jessica Wakefield vows to win the coveted spot as Eric's special TV guest. She's meant to be a star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then Lila Fowler, Jessica's Yay. best friend, I mean, hooray, <laughs> announces she's going to win the spot and the contest becomes a battle of wills and wits. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, hell yeah. And just when you think, I mean, this is already great. I'm already on board, right? Oh, well, and then but there's in, more. They come in with the second paragraph, all guns blazing, because... <laughs> With the help of Bruce Patman, <laughs> who has his own score to settle with Jessica, Lila devises a brilliant scheme to ruin Jessica's shot at stardom. Will Jessica have her moment in the limelight or will Lila succeed in stealing the show? 
I actually can't even give, uh, as usual, the answer is yes or no to this because I do not want to spoil it for any of you because it's, there were so many twists no, and turns. It is really just a wild ride. Yeah, oh, it is good. fantastic. It's as good as this blurb, listeners. And uh, the cover is kind of a classic too. Can you describe it, please? I can indeed. So, I mean, you know, it's it's the name of the book. So, of course, the nature of the cover was indeed to be starring Jessica. Uh, so she's, yeah, she's just beaming down the camera lens, I guess. Yep. Um, in and I mean, you know, it is the outfit that she actually wears in the book. And we it love it when is. they do that. Love yes. to get an, a visual representation of an actual outfit from the text. So that's yes. always exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's Jessica. The hair is flowing free. The oh. blue green eyes are sparkling away. Um, she's wearing a turquoise jacket <laughs> to set off her blondness and blue green eyesness of it all. She um, certainly is. There's, she's got a little white tank top on underneath it. The lavalier is on full display. It's a, it's a good, solid, classic Jessica look. You know, she looks like she's a 38-year-old newscaster. I mean, of course, yes. It's, you know, it's ticking all the Wakefield boxes. Everyone's <laughs> far too old for these covers. <laughs> but you know what? They're just making it work. Um, she's she's got gonna... like, it's a microphone, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it like... is. It's a, what are those little, oh, what are they called? Um... Uh, wand microphone. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like one that you'd see like in old movies and stuff when there's someone like, doing reports yeah. or whatever but um it's, it's a little yeah, skinny mic little skinny one yeah and it looks like the top, yeah it looks like the top of a wand like a magic wand indeed but, uh, but it is in fact a microphone so she's not about to go pulling rabbits out of her hat but <laughs> there's, all, there's all kinds of other tricks and treats in store so yeah <laughs> well the book lives up to all of this um and uh, it begins in the cafeteria where winston is handing out application forms for eric parker's uh, talk show as mentioned at the end of the last book you might recall and liz is pretty much the only one. Oh, liz and Todd are the only ones who just don't care about this the rest of them are going nuts oh everybody is on for this like yeah it is a sensation everyone's mad to to enter and everyone's talking about it it is a huge deal and Jessica is outraged at the thought that Liz isn't as excited as she is because uh, she points out this is national TV and it'll be a million times more exciting than when I was on Jeremy Frank's local show there's a lot of digs at all frankly speaking in this what hell like what did Jeremy <laughs> ever do to deserve this he gets some kicking in it it's like fuck Jeremy me frank and his small time bullshit show <laughs> like it's mentioned a lot <laughs> well uh winston it turns out is one of the many t uh sweet valiants who is entering and uh he jokes that you know it's a good thing todd isn't because todd is a super jock allegedly um which doesn't make him an average all-american kid uh but winston on the other hand will impress eric parker with his dazzling wish you know, why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wish he'd won rather than the person who actually does. That would have been great. But um, yeah, it's just it just goes to show. Yeah, everybody wants to go at this. Everyone's trying to be on this show. And uh, yeah, it really is literally just Liz and Todd that aren't interested. But, yeah. um, I mean, surprising people enter. True. Like, so at least two of the finalists I wouldn't have thought would be in for the, into this. Yeah. Uh, That's true, actually. Well, we'll, you'll find out who they are (laughs) later, (laughs) listeners. But uh, Jessica makes, of course, Lila's entering and Jessica jibes that uh, she'll be the average American high school student but the average American high school student drives around sports car and lives in the biggest mansion in town. Lila does not like this. (laughs) She doesn't, even though it's like, 
yeah, she's amazing and glam and super cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are all compliments. <laughs> well, she snaps at Jess that she has a lot of, a lot of interests and special qualities. I mean, she, <laughs> she has special qualities, all right. She really does, yes. A lot more than you, Jess, she, uh, she throws at her. So, you know, you can't really argue with her there. True. And uh, Winston tells them to keep it friendly. And uh, there's a very awkward bit where he he says that, uh, I think everybody would agree we have we had enough controversy with Sweet Valley High lately. Um, his tone is suddenly serious. And we get a recap of Friend Against Friend, which I thought was going to be forgotten forever. I, you know, and I don't know what's better, whether they should have just left it out or whether it's good that they keep kind of bringing it up as a thread because I don't think they're going actually going to do justice is the thing yes. when they keep bringing it up like this it's like it nearly would have been better to just you know let's just move on because you're not doing this well <laughs> well they say coming to understand how such a thing could happen at Sweet Valley High had not been easy it's been a painful learning experience for the entire student body I mean I don't think most of them pay that much attention to it yeah true or found it painful because they just continue to ignore it and um, well anyway they instantly forget about this lesson they've allegedly learned and Winston says that you know it's almost a good thing Liz isn't entering because she'd be the biggest competition but she says she prefers to do the interviewing and um, that uh, that triggers a twin comparison in which we're told that Jessica's charm gets her out of most situations as my notes say what charm <laughs> I mean she it's scheming and letting her sister pick up the slack is what gets her out of situations. Oh, charm. That's very true. Yeah, it's manipulation and uh, yeah, and lying basically and scheming. That was the job for her. <laughs> oh, we're going to see all of those things in this uh, in this book. And um, well, Jessica thinks she has an advantage because uh, Eric Parker, she thinks, because he's a man, he'll want a girl to balance things out, she says, and says that a girl would be prettier than any boy. I'm sure you'd disagree if Ken was entering, Karen. <laughs> Let's just say slaps might have been thrown. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the first of many throwbacks to earlier books in this book, all of which I very much appreciate, Winston jokes that she didn't look so hot when they were shipwrecked together. We got a little recap of that adventure. Like, yeah, there's nearly three book recaps, I think, in, in the first seven pages. It's Cast. There's so many in like the first quarter of this book. Yeah. It's like nearly every two pages. There's like, just like the time that such and such a thing happened. Like it's kind of the book equivalent of doing a clip show nearly for the start of it, isn't it? <laughs> but I, I am entirely here for it because I, you know, we've had instances where it looks like the ghostwriters have literally never read a book before this. And uh, at least this one, it sounds like somebody like us who was like, I'm going to show I'm a real fan. Hire me for another (laughs) scene. Um, Well, uh, yeah, uh, Amy, Jessica asks Amy to back her up with her theory, but Amy's distracted. A little bit of foreshadowing for a very uh, interesting book coming up here. Very true. Yeah, she's... um... Yeah, Amy's kind of like gazing idly around the, the cafeteria and, uh, you know, Jessica, you know, of course, not impressed that someone isn't paying attention to her when she's oh, talking, no. uh, tries to pull her into the conversation by going on about how hot Eric Parker is. And uh, Amy's like, yeah, he's not that hot. Uh, so, yeah, Jessica just goes on. But oh, my God, what are you talking about? Uh, Amy, you just don't know a gorgeous guy when you see one. And Amy's like, yes, I do. How about him? And like <gasps> her gaze uh, follows across the room to Tom McKay from the tennis team. Yes. Um, so really, they are doing they've been doing this recently they've been foreshadowing 
um, future books quite far in advance. Very much so. Like they're really getting the seeds in early for this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah because the one about Tom and Amy, which is sort of at the time Amy has a very unconvincing character change and starts mm. like volunteering at a teen helpline and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, that's I guess that was it's at least one book away anyway. Surely, yeah. But yeah, they kind of, yeah, because I was thinking we have, like, we've met Tom McKay before and he was oh, in. Oh, we have. It he was, was all with Jean. That's right. Yeah, him and Jean were, uh, were getting together in that book. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's, Amy thinks that Eric Parker is just, um, you know, just a sort of cheesy mannequin. <laughs> and um, Jessica, her mother doesn't have much time for him, but Jessica's like, Amy, your mother is just, you know, small town TV sportswoman. Eric Parker is the big time. <laughs> and she knows that she's destined for victory. And later at the Castletail Wakefield, um, Jess is filling out the form, but she realises, rightly, that her interests are pretty shallow. <laughs> That's right, because it's like, obviously it starts off easy because it's all, you know, regular things, your name, your address, your age, the classes you take and grades. Uh, and then there's like, next came a space, a large space in which to list extra- extracurricular activities, work experience and hobbies. So Jessica's list, I think when she gets going... The best she can do is co-captain of Varsity Cheerleading Squad, member of Pi Beta Alpha Sorority, Big Sister slash Little Sister Program. Oh, Tennis. like she's been anywhere near oh, that. Like, I From, know, like, and that was, yeah. that was also ages ago with no follow up, but like mm. also then like a tennis, dancing, the beach boys. <laughs> Imagine mentioning if you're applying for anything official, say the beach and boys. For fuck's sake. <laughs> it's kind of the equivalent of, of saying like, a bag of cans in the park. <laughs> Sitting beside the canal, drinking cider. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely, but not for a professional application. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, they're asked to name their plans for the future. And Jessica thinks that she didn't have any plans for the future unless she counted planning to save up enough money to buy a suede miniskirt she'd been coveting at Lisette's. <laughs> so uh, she wails that she won't win because she's not well-rounded. True, she isn't. Well, it's very true. Yeah, I think she she goes into Liz to whine at her, mm. and um, yeah, Jess or Elizabeth has a, a read through, and she's like, "Oh, you know, there's some things you've left out uh, in terms of work experience." She's like, "You babysit, and you've had about a million unusual part time jobs." And again, we get another little no. throwback because she's like, "You mean like selling tofu glow beauty products door to door?" Yeah, I really want to include that. But um, then that they would bring be a good story. It actually like, would. Just application. Yeah. She's and so. She, ugh, she's she's just such a basic boring person she's a very basic bitch that's mm, true in a bad uh, way yeah but as well the fact that like she's had so much weird shit happen to her that yes. it wouldn't occur to her to put any of that down it's like <laughs> they keep recapping the books to us but it's like put this in your application <laughs> we I already know, know. <laughs> like how boring is i mean spoiler alert this interview is going to be extremely boring but like how boring is it going to be if she's cutting out all the actually entertaining stories um, yeah. It's just, if you really want to have, as she says, uh, she thinks this is going to be the start of my career. And Liz says, what career? And she says, my career of being famous. I mean, you'd think you'd want to make yourself slightly more memorable than, that is know, true. just this sort of boy crazy sorority girl. Goer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also shows Jessica being a bit ahead of her time as well, though, doesn't it? Like the whole thing of being oh, famous for being famous. True, like she's a born true. influencer if she was... Mm. If they had uh, rebooted the books for right now, although they did do the 
the comic uh they did book of it but like yeah she's she's made for social media that's true well but she was ahead of her time um liz mentions the candy striping like like jess has got anywhere near that uh <laughs> that hospital since then i've been reminded she only signed up about um to, because of jeremy franks and got her first tv appearance out of it and then we're told yet another dig frankly speaking <laughs> Back then, Jessica thought that Jeremy Franks was the ultimate male, but that was because she d- before she discovered Eric Parker. I mean, what has all, frankly speaking, ever done to deserve this? Really? Like, what's the story? Is there some scandal that we've missed out on or something? Because they're just taking every opportunity to have a go at him. <laughs> and there's no indication that he deserves it. It's just like, oh, she, he's small town, fair. She's, moved, <laughs> she's going national. She's too big for that now. Well, she decides her CV is still pretty thin and she'll have to find something else to add to it before the application deadline on Friday. And we cut to Thursday uh, where Liz and Jess are sitting by the pool and Jess still hasn't got any you know, way of beefing up her application. Um, and Liz is highly amused, uh, which Jessica can't find it funny because what's really making her angry is that she's seen Lila's application and Lila's been generous with truth. True. Well, at least she's, you know, she's made a good application for him out of yeah. it for herself, which is more than Jessica can say. Um, but yeah, she uh, she's uh, she was horrified by uh, by Lila's application when she saw it because Jessica knew for a fact that Lila was the most spoiled, selfish and lazy girl in the whole world who had zero community spirit and who'd never held a job or participated in extracurricular activities. Apparently, she's fudged a, a list of pseudo interests and involvements as long as Jessica's arm. Um, and then it kind of goes on to describe a bunch of stuff that Jessica also did. So you'd wonder yeah. why she wouldn't read it and go, oh shit, I should put in all this stuff too because yes. I was also there. Because they go on about how she describes herself as an amateur chef and Jessica's reckons that's from the time they both took a cooking class at the Civic Centre. Wearing um, their silk blouses, we all might recall. Of course. Uh, and she was like, yeah, Lila was even more of a disaster in the kitchen than uh, than Jessica. And it's like, yeah, but at least you write that shit in now as well because you've done loads of stupid fucking classes and yes! courses and bullshit. Oh my God. Like, she's just so unimaginative. Really? Yeah. And Lila also claims she's a photographer, which is really baffling because as, as Jessica thinks, at least the chef story had some basis in reality. <laughs> Lila also claims to be a tutor at school. And then in yet another blast from the past, uh, apparently Lila also mentioned her role as co-chair of the Sweet Valley Centennial Celebration Picnic. Yeah. That's a long time ago. That's from ages ago. Like this ghostwriter mm. was like, I am making deep cuts here and you will appreciate the work I have put into this and the research I have done. And I do, ghostwriter. Yeah. I do. It is noted and appreciated. Uh, well, we're told as well that Lila really launched into science fiction when the plans for the future section. <laughs> we're, uh, we're told she talks as if she was going to change the world. But everyone knew she would just go on doing what she always did sitting on her fanny and spending her father's money. By the way, listeners, North Americans may not be aware that the word fanny to you might mean bum. Here, it very much means vagina. (laughs) Which makes this line even funnier. (laughs) Well, when I was at my J1 visa summer in Boston, my friend got a job um, in a school for uh, children with disabilities, and one of their one of her colleagues once talked about um, how one of the kids just while playing said, "Oh, and then she just grabbed my fatty," and my friend started to cry. She was laughing so much, and oh her colleague was like, "Why, why, why is this funny?" And she was like, 
when she explained that the word fanny means vagina, they were they were quite cl- shall we say clean living uh, types of the staff. And they were like, why do you think? Why are you mentioning the oh genitals in front of us? So it made her sound like she was some sort of deviant, deviant, <laughs> gutter minded sniggerer. So. <laughs> it's uh it's it's don't say, don't talk about grabbing somebody spanny when you're talking to irish people just <laughs> it doesn't go down well it does not translate no. <laughs> and unless it, and, and if they're like me they will snigger childishly oh absolutely it's it's one of the things we're known for i think at this stage yeah. childish <laughs> sniggering well my friend Isabel was also childishly sniggering and her colleagues just thought that she was an immature pervert so that's the <laughs> danger <laughs> well lila is sitting on her fanny and uh and she didn't mention any of her riches in her application which makes jessica very angry yeah, I think this is what annoys her the most is that there's absolutely no mention of like, yeah, her, her privileged background or and yeah, this bit as well. The fact that she'd been kicked off the cheerleading squad as punishment for a prank she'd pulled. Yeah. Oh, well, that was really early on. That was when was why that? there was a place for Robin on the team. Or Annie, sorry, on the team. Oh, I totally forgot that. OK. Yeah. So uh, that this is proper deep cuts. Wow, it really is. My God. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's a full, I mean, this, this ghostwriter is a hundred percent doing their, their research here. Big time. They've read every single one of those books before they sat down and put pen to paper. (laughs) And, uh, Jess wishes that she was a bit more balanced, a bit more like Liz, or she says, mostly like me with a little of your nerdiness thrown in for balance. (laughs) Harsh. The perfect Wakefield. (laughs) But Liz has an idea. Of what Jessica uh, might do. Yeah, she reckons that uh, she should write something for the Oracle. Apparently, Penny is still looking for a special feature for the next issue. Uh, she's starting to get desperate. <laughs> she's like, maybe you should give her a call. She might even accept something from you. <laughs> oh, well, Pe- Jessica doesn't wait around. She rings Penny straight away and off the top of her head just says, uh, oh, well, I thought I'd try my hand at some humour. How does the worst dates of my life sound? And Penny's just like, cool, give me a draft tomorrow. Yeah, deadly. Uh, yeah, Je- or Elizabeth think it's, thinks it's a great idea because she's like, uh, she did have a reputation as a social butterfly. It's like, that's a really nice way of putting it. <laughs> um, because she'd probably been on more dates than any girl at Sweet Valley High and has definitely had her share of romantic disasters. So it actually is a really good idea for something for Jess to write, for sure. This is true. Um, so later, Liz is making dinner in the Spanish tile kitchen, which is mentioned. And uh, the Spanish tiles, I mean, uh, again, a sign that this writer is a fan. And Jessica rushes in with her article. She's finished it already. And Liz uh, and says that uh, this writing business isn't so hard after all. I'd <laughs> <laughs> say so you were really very impressed by that. <laughs> and I'll just say, fuck off, Jess. <laughs> The neck of this one. <laughs> um, and Liz starts reading. And she is easily impressed. She is. But like for Sweet Valley, I suppose this is actual humour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Liz thinks it's really funny. Apparently she can't stop laughing all the way through. From the first uh, line. Which oh, is, is yeah. it the first do, sentence made her laugh out loud. And do you want to give it to us so we can uh, judge accordingly? <laughs> okay. Hold, hold on to your sides, listeners. <laughs> Um, whoever said chivalry is dead and it's a jungle out there must have had the Sweet Valley High dating scene in mind I mean tumbleweeds 
I, I, I speak as somebody who laughed at somebody saying Fanny when they met Bob, and <laughs> I I did not find this funny. It needs like the the drag race like crickets noise. <laughs> Very much so. Well, uh, Liz thinks it's a laugh riot. In fact, she doesn't stop laughing all the way through. She's extremely impressed. Yeah, it's a biting satire, apparently. Hmm. Allegedly. And uh, Jessica asked which, which bit she likes best, which is a question I have actually asked. Oh, that's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. What are you laughing at? Tell me. Yes. <laughs> Literally me. I know. So we can't judge Jessica here. Um, and uh, Jessica or Liz lo- likes the bit where she talks about Winston, uh, her and Winston trapped on the island, which is the longest date ever. Um, and again, she says to Jessica that why didn't you write about you know, the fact that she's she's talked about some of the dates she went on with the computer dating agency, but she doesn't mention the whole magenta galaxy and yellow fromage bit, which <laughs> which is the good story, which is what you would want somebody to talk about on a TV show. That is some solid stuff. But yeah, maybe she's holding back to do a second column or something because she'd still mm. have plenty to talk about. <laughs> oh, certainly would. But uh, Liz is worried about one element of the piece, a certain billionaire playboy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's not sure whether uh, whether Jess should go ahead and include a part about uh, <laughs> our fave Bruce. Um, and Jess is like, "Why? It's the truth." Uh, she's like, "Yeah, the worst dates are with the type of guy who thinks wearing too much expensive cologne and throwing around a lot of money can make up for the fact that all he does is talk about himself." Bruce Patman falls into this category. <laughs> oh. And then she says, Jess writes, I thought it would be fun to go parking in his black Porsche until I discovered he kisses like a dead jellyfish. <gasps> Jessica admits that isn't even true, but the Bruce deserves it. That's right. Because I remember before, is it like around the time of the slam book, they do like a best yeah. kisser section. And Jessica does say that Bruce is a really <gasps> good kisser, even though she kind of hates to admit it. This is true. I think a few people agree that uh, mm. he, I think he, he came up high on that list. He sure did. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, she uh, Liz points out, well, look, this is libelous. Um, you know, you can get sued. She doesn't say you can get sued, but you can. And uh, Liz just thinks, or Jessica just thinks this is hilarious. But Liz says, look, at least change the names. Um, so uh, Jessica agrees to do that. And yeah, we're told that Winston Egbert becomes Kevin Klutz. And Bruce's <laughs> name is quite something. Yeah, Bruce becomes Reginald Rich. <laughs> 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 well, they give the piece to Penny the next day and she is delighted and uh, puts Liz's nose a bit out of joint. This is so funny. Yeah, because Penny's roaring laughing all the way through because, look, we just have to assume that this actually <laughs> is fucking hilarious or that mm. everyone just has a very particular sense of humour that they're also into this. But I yeah, think she's it's just, the latter. Uh, but... She thinks it's terrific. And uh, she turns to Liz and says, uh, I didn't know your sister shared your flair for writing. And Liz is like, yeah, I didn't either. She says, <laughs> without much enthusiasm. <laughs> she's absolutely fuming. Oh, you can just imagine. And uh, yeah, Penny says, doesn't even need any edits. It's perfect as it is. Oh my God. <laughs> and believe it or not, Liz has never heard Penny say those words to her. Oh God. Mm. So uh, yeah, Jessica's delighted and immediately, like literally there and then in the corridor, adds features writer for the school paper to her application form. <laughs> On the so, spot. <laughs> yeah. So it's a few days later and the twins, Todd and Enid, are taking advantage clearly of the fact that Ned and Alice are working late. They're eating Chinese food. 
That's right. I know. When I saw that they were sitting outside eating Chinese food, I was like, oh, wait, where's Ned? Surely he's bitching about it. But no, they're, the parents are both working late and had phoned to tell the twins to go ahead and have dinner without them. So spring rolls all around. Well, um, Liz is now worried that her own application, if she had applied, wouldn't have been well-rounded enough because all her interests are kind of writing related. Yeah, she's kind of, again, like she she has no interest, obviously, in applying, but she does just start thinking about her own, what her own list would have looked mm. like. And um, yeah, she's kind of like, God, maybe I'm not as, as you know, well-rounded as I thought I was. And Jess is like, yeah, but you like being literary. literary. Uh, and Nina's like, yeah, you're going to be a famous writer. And it's like, yeah, I've always, I've always thought that that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I always thought I'd be famous for my amazing writing. Um, but yeah, she's kind of just been had a few knocks, it looks like, lately. And again, back to a previous book, she mm-hmm. kind of thinks about what a hard time she had trying to interview Claire Middleton because Claire had mm. zero interest in talking to her which I loved but you related to a little too <laughs> yes, much <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's still a bit pissed off that Penny was so amazed by Jessica's writing and that uh, she was gushing over it and like Penny had never gushed over Elizabeth's weekly eyes and ears column or about oh. any of her feature articles so she's really salty that Jess is getting all this praise for trying, trying her hand at writing and suddenly being really good at it <laughs> and just in fairness she did just literally bag it out one night True. Like she thought of it on the spot, wrote it in probably 20 minutes and everybody loves it. So yeah, that would kind of piss you off a bit when it's your thing and what you do all the time, I suppose. (laughs) So Liz says to the others that she wishes she, you know, could try more things. Then Todd and Enid are absolute pricks. (laughs) Told Todd put a hand on Elizabeth's upper arm, playfully testing her muscle tone. A little flabby, he teased. Maybe you're too much of a bookworm. You need a sport to balance you out. Jesus. All right, Todd. And then Enid says, S2 Enid, just don't do anything nutty like you did that time you took up surfing. She was good at surfing. She was so good, but I suppose nobody really knew that because remember, she fucked it up on purpose. Oh, that was so annoying. Yeah. Well, Liz doesn't want to go in for sports, but she sort of thinks of other potential options. And she remembers how she was really interested in the environmental aspects of Ned's mayoral campaign, another throwback, and uh, which is true. And Enid tells her about something that might fit that bill. Yeah, so Enid uh, tells her, it's reminded her of something she read that day. There's some new program starting up at Seca Lake where the park is recruiting high school students that will volunteer as junior rangers and tour guides. Yeah. So Enid was going to drop in to check out the first meeting to kind of see what it's all about. And it's kind of like, oh, volunteering at Seca Lake. She's like, yeah, maybe I could do that. And uh, yeah, and Enid has a leaflet and all, and it's all about how they'd be le- leading nature walks, educating visitors about the ecosystem like organizing craft workshops, all that kind of stuff. So Liz is kind of into it. And she's like, yeah, maybe this will be good. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, she she has decided that she just doesn't have enough varying interests. So she has yeah. to try something new. Exactly. She's spreading her wings. We cut to Fowler Crest. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're told that a rowdy group of Sweet Valley High students are gathered there for an informal party on a Tuesday night, good Lord, <laughs> um, to celebrate the arrival of Eric Parker because like, there's a whole reception for him with the mayor. It's, it's a, the talk of the town. It's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he is also a... Um, uh, he is a he's a Sweet Valleyan. I can't remember if that was mentioned at the end of the last book, but he is from Sweet Valley, and uh, so that's why he's choosing Sweet Valley to be the location of his like talk, you know, all American teen. Um, 
special episode. And uh, yeah, he's there's a footage of his, he gets the keys of the city from the mayor and Jess is uh, impressed by his hunkiness. Uh, yeah, apparently he looks especially wonderful on Lila's huge big screen uh, in her fancy mansion. She reckons he looks even better than when she watched his show on her own TV. So he's got jet black hair swept back from a high forehead. Uh, smoky grey eyes set in a chiselled sun bronzed face. And what a smile. How could anybody's teeth be so white? And like, <laughs> with teeth whitening. <laughs> ah, veneers. <laughs> Well, uh, the mayor is going all out and uh, Bill point uh, Bill points out um, that, you know, this is great uh, PR for Sweet Valley. The show being filmed there is going to be like a big, basically an ad, a national ad for Sweet Valley and says it's just good politics to give the guy the key, the key to the city and all that. And then Lila says, I wish it was the key to my house. <laughs> she says it rapturously. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Jessica has a pretty great response. Yeah, so do I, declared Jessica. Then he'd see where you live and realise that your application is a bunch of baloney and that you're not Little Miss Average after all. Oh! <laughs> so uh, Jessica is sure that she is a good chance and she criticize, she mentally critiques the others who she knows as applied as being too boring, most of the other cheerleaders, to Artie, Olivia, too wacky, that's Dana, and too sporty, that's a chunk of the others. So there's only one who seems like a real threat. <gasps> That's it. Only one person comes across as, as well balanced or as interesting as she did. <laughs> I just love the self-confidence. It's gas. But uh, yeah, Lila is the only one that actually <gasps> appears to pose a threat. But that's only because of her padded application. Yes. So she accuses Lila of exaggeration and not telling the truth about her luxe life. But Lila points out that Jessica is pretending to be a journalist on the basis of an article that isn't even out yet. True. <laughs> That's it. No one's really convinced, actually, that there even is an article, because if it isn't out yet, they're just like, well, you can't believe a word she says. <laughs> I mean, good point. <laughs> so uh, Eric Parker speaks to the to the camera and says how great it is to be back in his hometown. And uh, I still I enjoy life in the Big Apple. But I've got to say, Sweet Valley still holds first place in my heart. Um, so he's... Uh, He's he the camera um moves away and the report ends, but while the party kicks off, Jessica just has one thought, and, she, and by thought I mean psychic message. If she is attempting to send to Eric Parker, what could that message be? Choose me, Eric. Please choose me. <laughs> Good lord! Oh, yes. At least it's silent and to herself. That's something. Oh, that is something. I mean. Small mercies. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Liz and Enid have have arrived at Seca Lake for the Junior Ranger meeting. And uh, Liz thinks about how wonderful Seca Lake is and uh, thinks fondly of the moonlit nights when she and Todd would drive around to the far shore of the lake to be alone with the silence of nature and each other. It was a special place. That is a a very highfalutin way of referring to a place where you were like, you know, feeling each other up, basically. Well, they're met at, uh, when they arrive by a hot young hunk. And <laughs> Enid's very impressed. Uh, Enid left her butterfly net at home. She should have <laughs> taken it with her. <laughs> It's quite the horn dog throughout this book. It's great. Yeah, because like, yeah, she's done with Hugh now, isn't she? They broke up in yeah, the last book. They did. So Enid's a free agent and she is out for blood. 
<laughs> she certainly is. Because uh, Liz points to his wedding ring because like somebody in a Am I the Asshole on Reddit, uh, Don clearly got married like the minute he like, hit his 20s. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and when Edith sees this, she pretends to be disappointed, pretends to be disappointed and says, ah, shucks. <laughs> you can just see her snapping her fingers and everything. <laughs> well, the hunk's name is Don Wolf. <gasps> Great name. Good name for a ranger, isn't it? Mm, ranger Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> well, he tells them what the job will entail, which involves a lot of like taking people on nature walks. Um, night and day, apparently. It's kind of a, almost a 24-hour job. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, he gives them a little booklet and says they'll have a, a quiz on this in two days. They have to get 100%. No, it's like these are some high ass standards for this like volunteer position in a park. <laughs> well, afterwards, Liz says, I found Don's talk inspiring. And Edith, kids, we're told, I found Don inspiring. Yuck, 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 yuck. Edith's <laughs> on a roll here. <laughs> She's kind of like a cheesy old comedian. She kind of is, yes. Well, uh, Liz is feels all energized and uh, we're told, literally, Carrie Bradshaw style, she couldn't help but wonder <laughs> if volunteering for the park service would replace her first would replace her first love writing. <gasps> Spoiler alert. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And this B plot is stupid. Oh, my God. So well, we can skim over pretty much all of it. <laughs> yeah. Like it has no bearing on the story at all. At none whatsoever. Um. At school, Lila's admiring something in Jessica's locker. Yeah, another um, kind of run up to a little teaser for Mm -hmm. for a book down the line, which again was started quite early. But yeah, she's uh, gazing at a gorgeous photo of Jamie Peters that Jess has up in her locker. And uh, yes, uh, Jamie is uh, the legendary rock star stared back out at them, his long hair tossed back over his shoulders and a sexy half smile on his rugged face. (gasps) Wow. Well, uh, apparently Jessica's got a favourite Jamie Peters song that she keeps singing night and day. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Barefoot Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one, Lila agreed. Kissing her fingers and touching them to the picture of Jamie Peters. Oh my God, stop it. She sounds ancient. (laughs) Oh, well, she likes to pretend he's singing about me, she says. (laughs) And Jessica disagrees. No, because he's singing about her. <laughs> oh my God, they're unhinged. And uh, it looks for a minute, it's going to be a moment of tension between them. Their jealousy over <laughs> Jamie Peters. But, <laughs> but uh, they both start laughing um, about their mutual obsession. And uh, when Jay- she wonders, when Lila wonders whether Jamie will tour near them, uh, she uh, says nothing's confirmed, but he's got to come to South- Southern California where else is he going to find so many barefoot girls? And Lila's response is even more sexually charged. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? The way, the way they're reacting about this guy. Yes. Can you tell what her response is? Yeah. So Lila goes, so many barefoot girls who are ready to lay themselves at his feet and become his love slaves. Lila <laughs> added with a sly smile like, all right, lads, calm down. There's something in the water in this book, like between them and Enid. <laughs> Well, then their reverie is disturbed because who should be coming out over the intercom 
It's Chrome Dome. That's right. Yeah, he's got a special announcement to make. Uh, apparently, Eric Parker presented him just moments ago <gasps> uh, with an envelope. So everyone's kind of surprised because the winner of this TV spot isn't supposed to be announced until lunchtime. But um, apparently, because there were so many outstanding applications <laughs> for the guest spot, because Sweet Valley High is the most amazing school in the world, <laughs> um, they ended up having to, to hold preliminary interviews with six students before making a final decision. So the preliminary interviews are going to be held after school on the Friday, and then the winner will be announced on the Monday. Um, so there's, of course, massive tension as everyone's waiting to hear who the six kids are going to be so Cooper like clears his throat the six finalists are <gasps> Jessica Wakefield oh. <laughs> but hilariously Jessica's like that's me and like screams <laughs> and jumps in the air and it's like yes yes we know it is <laughs> <laughs> and Lila scowls <laughs> she's not happy but yeah and Jess is like some best friend you know that's the second nasty face this morning that she's made at me she could at least try to look happy for me as if she wouldn't be exactly the same if Lila's oh name had been called God. first exactly well, the rest of the, the crew, first of all, it's Winston. Mm-hmm. Then there's Olivia. Good for her. <laughs> then there's Patty. Yeah. Oh, more interesting than Jessica, frankly. True. And then there's Jim Roberts. Jim Roberts. Absolute dark horse, this lad. I swear to God. <laughs> well, what makes it even better is that Jessica says, Jim Roberts? Jessica wriggled her forehead. She wasn't sure she even knew who Jim Roberts was. Amazing. That's so good. Like, yeah, as far as we know, they've had no interactions at all. Yeah. But we also know that Jim is a fucking sneaky hottie because he was oh. one of the lads that nearly stormed his way to the final of our World Cup of Boyfriends on Instagram. To a worrying degree. I did not want him in the... He was not worthy as a character of being in the final. I know. It was just his cover art just did him oh. all amounts of favours because he was a hot looking dude on that book cover and yeah. a surprise favourite among the yeah. voters. But yeah. there you go. That's got democracy got for you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Well, there's one more more finalist to be named and who could it be well thankfully it's Lila Fowler because at this stage Lila's expression was positively murderous (laughs) (laughs) well when her name is read there's a moment where they forget what uh, you know vicious rivals they are and they hug and they dance around but then they suddenly draw apart I love this moment and they stare at each other coldly which oh Jessica eyed Lila Lila asked Jessica so who's our competition again? Asked Lila Cooley. Winston, Patty, Olivia and Jim Roberts, Jessica recited. School clown, dancer, arts editor, photography buff, classic bunch of nerds. Says Lila. <laughs> Jessica had to agree. So funny. They're just like instantly dismissed. <laughs> yeah, I love the way they're going through them. It's like, mm, mm, mm. no, not a threat. And uh, Jessica decides that Eric uh, Parker might want a typical American student, but he wants someone to have some flash and sparkle. And we're told Jessica was confident that she could provide the sparkle. But she also knew that Lila could provide the flash. Oh my God. I need them to just like team up as a duo and for these to be their names, like Flash and Sparkle. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Well, uh, Pi Beta Alpha members, let's just say that the next episode will not be that far off. (laughs) There's going to be some alter egos that you will be very, very excited to meet. Uh, Well, back in the real world, Jessica and Lila basically are sort of acknowledging that each other is is the only competition. Yeah. And Jessica thinks the battle has only just begun. (gasps) 
Later, Liz and Enid arrive at the crowded cafeteria to find that the only empty seats there are at a table with Jessica, Cara, Amy and Lila. And Cara and Amy have been trying in vain to keep the peace. Oh, it is tense at that table because when Liz sits down, she's like, something's wrong here (laughs) as soon as she arrives. And uh, she realizes that Lila and Jessica, like are afraid or like they won't even look in her direction and she reckons they're afraid they might end up looking at each other by accident um, because she just knows that they're both obviously fuming with each other and are taking it all so seriously <laughs> that the other is their major competition for this uh, coveted TV spot. So yeah. Um, their little digs are kind of amazing because they, they keep talking to the other people at the table like <laughs> Jessica saying that all the finalists are great Um but with one exception, too bad he didn't see through the utterly falsified application of one particular person. Too bad he had no way of knowing that one particular person neglected to mention several essential facts about herself and that she just isn't what she seems, eh, Cara? <laughs> oh, God. And Lila, of course, gives as good as, as she gets because she's like, yeah, it's too bad he has no way of knowing, she says, like dripping with sarcasm, how one person completely magnified her achievements and then goes on about uh, Jess calling herself a journalist after writing one measly article for the school paper, an article that no one's even seen yet. Don't you think that's fairly slimy, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Liz is like, well, he's going to find out that some applicants are more mature than others. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kara tries to keep the peace and Jessica like loses the rag and shouts wake up Kara this is a chance of a lifetime maybe you're content to be a nobody for the rest of your life but I have ambitions being on Jeremy Frank's show is just the first step for me again another diss <laughs> this this time I plan to go all the way look at me ma top of the world <laughs> she doesn't say the last bit but you know you wouldn't be surprised either by it because that's the kind of role she's on (laughs) she is unhinged and uh jess liz worries that she's taking it too seriously she we're told that it's not like jessica to lose her sense of humor it totally fucking is yeah it is anyway her sense of humor is shite so you know it's all one really (laughs) good point (laughs) well she sympathizes with liz sympathizes with carrick and reminds her it's all gonna be over by monday we cut to friday and Lila is preparing for her interview in quite a scene. Oh, like, this is so good. And I love that we're in Lila's head as well, because we don't get that very often. It's always from oh. Jess's point of view when we get Lila content. Um, yeah, so she uh, she's dumping the contents of her snakeskin pocketbook onto oh, the counter. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, she's in the girls' bathroom. So she's uh, going through her eye pencil, blusher, lipstick and setting to work. So she's... Uh, Touching herself up uh, using subtle colours, nothing too flashy. She looked soft, real, gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Magnificent. And she thinks, maybe I should go for the natural look more often. (laughs) So uh, she struts off and she's pondering the fact that she's the first interviewee and Jessica is the last because they've got obviously a schedule. And uh, she thinks that it's good that she's going to be up first because she can make the first impression. But then Jessica will sort of, you know, linger in his mind the most. Mm. But she decides that uh, Eric would be dazzled by her beauty and charm and wish. What man would not? The other students, this is Jessica, this is all Lila's thoughts, which are magnificent. So good. The, the other <laughs> students, even Jessica, were bound to seem bland and lifeless in comparison. Uh uh, it, Jessica, who had wormed her way onto television once by harassing poor Jeremy Frank when he was laid off with a broken leg. Fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> she wouldn't know what to do, how to deal with an opportunity like this. Whereas she, Lila, had been raised to know exactly what to do. She had been meeting famous people all her life. 
Was she? She knew how to handle herself in almost any social situation. She belonged on the center stage. Hell yes, you do, Lila. <laughs> oh, you go on, Lila. Slay that interview. Absolutely. Secure the bag, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but when she arrives at the office where the interviews are happening, she sees a secretary put up a notice on the door. And what could that notice say? Yeah, she's worried that maybe the interviews have been cancelled or something. But the secretary's like, no, 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 it's just to inform the finalists that the location's been changed. (gasps) So the interviews are now going to be held in the auditorium instead of this like conference room that everyone thought they were going to be in. So Lila's super relieved uh, and like stops to read the note. And uh, on her way to the auditorium for her interview, she has an idea, a brilliant Mm. idea. Well, you can imagine how this is going to go, listeners. Uh, but before she puts this idea into action, she um, she goes to her interview, goes very well. And uh, so well that when it leaves, we're told she had to restrain herself from kicking her heels together as she heads up the aisle. I mean, the it's image. A, it's an incredible image, but also does not sound like something Lila would do. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, doing a little singing in the rain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she struts out with a pert but dignified step. By the way, if you've watched uh, the last episode of the TV series um, that we discussed, the TV Lila has a magnificent strut. Which... It is truly iconic. Like it was put into GIF form by uh, Lisa Toon for us there on Twitter. And it's a thing to behold. It really yeah. is. Yeah, uh, we, can only, we can only hope that this strut that she's doing here is anything as good <laughs> as, as the TV version, because holy shit. <laughs> well, when she leaves the auditorium, she does, she indulges, we're told, in a little victory dance, which we can only <laughs> imagine. And then she lurks around until Olivia has, uh, has gone to the interview and then she sneaks round to the original office where the first where the interviews were meant to be held. And what might she do there? Yeah, so very sneakily, she decides that uh, she's just going to hang around um, until everybody, all the other finalists, will say, have yeah. have seen the note and scurried off to to their uh, to their interview. But um, yeah, she decides that she's just you know maybe going to take it down before yeah. Jess gets here a little bit early after Olivia. She just, uh, she just, uh, just takes down, just throws it away. And then she heads out to her lime grade triumph and we're told she sped away from the school, the radio blasting. Live from Sweet Valley High, she shouted out loud. It's Lila Fowler. Incredible. Oh, my oh, God. I, think that, <laughs> I was going to say that might be my favorite moment in this whole book. But it is not, because my favourite moment's coming up later. <laughs> I think you might guess what it is. Good night. <laughs> so meanwhile, Jessica has arrived in the, you know, the place, the room where the interviews were meant to be happening. Um, she's come straight from cheerleading. And she waits. And she waits. Mm-mm. And she waits. Uh-oh. And eventually she leaves. And who should she bump into? she bumps right into Olivia Davidson and Olivia's like Jessica what are you doing here uh, and Jessica's like what are you talking about she's like I'm weren't you here before like 20 minutes ago I'm waiting for my interview so Olivia fills her in that the interviews were moved to the auditorium so Jess is like oh shit the auditorium and then Olivia points out she's like yeah that's weird there was like a note left on the conference room door explaining the switch she's like that's how I knew where to go somebody must have taken it down you better get there fast oh. so uh, yeah so Jess has to absolutely boot it over to the auditorium because she's going to be late now for this interview and she's like oh god what if he's already given up on me <gasps> 
I'm about to miss my interview and blow my chance to be on national TV. So yeah, she's as she's running, she kind of thinks, oh, because of a stupid note on a stupid door that some stupid person accidentally took down and then kind of realizes, oh, hang on. Maybe the person who removes the note <gasps> wasn't stupid, but Mm-mm. devious and selfish and cruel. It's like, yeah, just like you. Yeah, um, I <laughs> So she thinks now someone's out to sabotage her and has a pretty good idea as to who that might be. Yes. Well, I have to give her this. When she apologize, arrives uh, late in the auditorium, she handles it quite well. She does, in fairness to her, yeah. She's, yeah. And again, you know, I know we laughed at the fact that uh, they talk about her charm and stuff earlier, but she does actually charm him here. This is true. She is quite charming. Yes, so, she gets results. As much as we hate her, <laughs> she gets yeah. results. She's, she apologises and said she didn't see that it had been, the room had been changed. And then she says, uh, and for once I was going to be punctual. Eric glanced at her bare wrist, even without the help of a watch. I never wear when Jessica confessed. confessed. As a rule, I let things happen when they happen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, after that she talks about her family and it all goes well. Uh, it's pretty boring, in fairness. Oh, it's such a nothing interview. Like honestly, I don't know what Eric Parker's show is like. That he's like, let's find the most boring teen in America to talk oh. about some shit that no one cares about. It's like you're getting Jessica Wakefield on your telly. You want her to talk about, you know, her sister being kidnapped, yeah. bike accidents, her being held hostage, or her friend being held hostage, and her saving her. Like there's so much shit that Jessica's done and been through. Like yeah. The shipwrecking. Like the I, shipwreck. This I is the stuff with the shipwreck. <laughs> yeah, that's your headline right there. Like Well, yeah, because like uh, she she uh, he asks about candy striping, and you'd think that she would mention that when they were candy striping, her, her sister was kidnapped by an orderly. And that Jessica was instrumental in rescuing her. Like there's so much stuff she could be talking about here, but instead it's like, oh yeah, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I just like having fun. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Why would you want to interview this boring bitch on national television? (laughs) Well, she does see an opportunity then after she's went to the candy striping to drop Lila in the shit. This is actually very crafty, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Actually very good. Um, yeah, so as Jess is talking about candy striping, she's uh, he kind of asks her, oh, you know, is that something that you're interested in getting into, like healthcare and that kind of uh, the medical route for uh, for your career? And she's like, oh, you know, I don't know about that. But she says uh, that she really enjoyed working at Joshua Fowler Memorial mm-hmm. Hospital and like emphasizing the Fowler side of things. So um, immediately your man, what's his face? Eric is uh, is like, oh, I interviewed a Lila Fowler earlier this afternoon. Any relation? And Jess plays it off so funny. She's like, oh, oh is Lila back from Hong Kong already? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, just yeah. mentions that like, oh, she's never in school. She's always halfway around the world. The Fowler has practically built the hospital and loads of other buildings. And just goes on and on about how rich Lila is, basically. Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if someday the town's name is changed to Fowlerville. Oh. <laughs> now, I mean, I have to say, if they did a It's a Wonderful Life, where like Bedford Falls being changed to Potterville, they it was Sweet Valley became Fowlerville and Lila was like the evil queen. I would 100% read that book. Oh, wow. There's a spinoff right there, like alternate universe. Yeah, <gasps> let's get into it. Well, sadly, this does not happen in this book. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the interview goes very well. And Eric Parker somehow, after this boring shite, says, you're a very impressive young lady. I'm truly glad we met. And I hope we see more of each other during my stay in Sweet Valley. Now, you might think that sounds a bit inappropriate to say to a 16-year-old. But actually, there's no... I mean, he doesn't do anything. There's no, no. indication that he is a sleaze. But I don't... <laughs> I don't know why he's impressed by her. No, neither do I. But yeah, this is just like unintentional creepiness as opposed mm. to, you know, the on-purpose creepiness that they yes. often have to deal with. 
True. Well, Jessica is obviously delighted with how things went and she can't wait till Lila discovers that her plot failed. Ha ha ha. <laughs> we cut to Saturday where Liz and Enid are heading to Seca Lake because they both aced the quiz. Yay, who cares? Mm, well, I mean, seriously, about 10 pages is devoted to them going for a hike now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Liz admits to Enid that she bailed, or she not so much she bailed, but she turned down an oracle assignment in order to go to the lake. And it's the first time she's ever turned down a, um, an assignment from Penny. So she feels a bit weird. Yeah, she's not super happy that she's like shirked her responsibility to the newspaper, but she kind of also realises that she didn't really want to write about this. It was like a fundraiser she was supposed to be covering yeah. and she didn't really want to do it in the first place and kind of realises she didn't really feel much like writing about mm. anything at all these days. So it's like she's just getting a little bit burnt out or something with her yeah. writing. She's lost her mojo. Yeah. So uh, they arrive, they change into ranger uniforms, you get a very long, boring account of their hike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's a long, sweaty hike. Yeah, it happens in real time, frankly, God, frankly when you're reading it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when they finally get to chill, Liz is exhausted, she says she enjoyed it, and even the horn dog says, I liked meeting the lifeguard stuff. She is a woman on a mission in this book. <laughs> I bet there is a butterfly net in one of the ranger's huts. <laughs> She'd be grand. And then, of course, oh, God, this is so annoying. Don announces that he wants to appoint one of the 12 junior rangers to be what he calls the informal chief of operations to help sort of be a second in command, basically. And of course, who should he ask? For fuck's sake. Like for a minute, I thought maybe, you know, maybe they'll fucking throw in into bone here and have her be the one picked out. But look, that's never going to happen when there's a Wakefield beside her. So of course it's Liz. <laughs> of course it is. By the way, we, we didn't bother mentioning it because it's so dull. But in their first orientation meeting, um, Liz made it clear that she didn't have any serious outdoor experience or any experience at all. She just liked the idea of doing it. So I do not know why Don, like surely there was somebody who was better qualified for this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> definitely is her only qualification is being a fucking Wakefield (laughs) (laughs) well she does feel a bit torn when Don asks her because she already feels she's stretching herself a bit thin and she doesn't want to overcommit but she does feel flattered that Don singled her out and praised her which is more than Penny's doing at the moment (gasps) oh my god (laughs) Mm. so she says yes Uh, we cut to Monday morning at Sweet Valley High and there, Jessica hasn't seen Lila yet, so Lila doesn't know that her plan failed. And just as she sees, uh, uh, she sees Lila. Eric um, Parker appears because they're in the auditorium and announces who has won and who could it be? <laughs> well, the uh, the guest star is going to be Miss Jessica Wakefield. Ugh, but not only that. <laughs> Yeah, it's great because obviously Jess is delighted and uh, has to go up there and like Liz nearly has to push her out of her seat to get up because she's so like just amazed that uh, that I don't know why she's so amazed because all along she was like, this is my spot. Mm, But um, but yeah, Eric goes on to say that it was a tough choice and he wished he could have featured everybody, but he would like to bring one more special person to your notice. I'd like to ask Lila Fowler to serve as Jessica's alternate. Oh my God. (laughs) So stupid because he's like, if for any reason Jessica can't make the broadcast (laughs) on Friday, hmm, foreshadowing, is it? Lila will take her place. Congratulations, Lila. But um, (laughs) Jess is thrilled by this, which I actually didn't think she would be, but she is because it's like she's being invited like Lila's being invited on stage to be told she came in second behind Jessica yes Um, so Jessica's still thrilled about all this and uh, later without giving uh, herself away to the pal to her pals that she was the one who fucked up Jessica's interview um 
Lila confirms that or gets confirmation that Jess made the interview, but she doesn't know how Jessica got an edge over her. So she, you know, she knows she I like the way that she just assumes Jessica did something sneaky. Like it's not that, you know, she could have just won. No, it's great. It's like, well, I'm sneaky and, and she beat me. So that must mean that she's even sneakier somehow. <laughs> she's kind of right. So, she's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, she's on the money. <laughs> so at lunchtime, Jessica is just as this these incredibly deluded dreams about what being a guest on a talk show for five minutes is going to mean. I know it's like this is her big this is her big ticket to like being discovered and being like whisked off to Hollywood like again none of this makes any sense like that this is suddenly a a launching of a massive career for her in doing what nobody knows (laughs) as far as I can tell pretty much because she's like I'll get discovered by a talent scout it's like scouted for what though I know Good Lord. Well, um, she's, uh, Lila's got a dig after Jessica says, will my first offer be to start a daytime soap opera act in a commercial? Or do you think I'll get a movie offer right away? Fuck's sake. Lila says, maybe a TV commercial, something totally outrageous, like dog food or nasal spray. <laughs> yeah, everyone but Jessica laughed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jessica rubs Lila's alternate status in her face. Lila vows revenge she clenches her fists in her lap and everything and it's a great <laughs> bit where it's like Lila resisted the urge to reach across the table and slap the self-satisfied look off Jessica's face and it's like do it do it <laughs> I mean, we've all felt that <laughs> um so uh yeah Jess. um the next day Jessica's article comes out and it is a sensation oh my god everybody's like Look, everybody's mad about it because it's Jessica and apparently she's hilarious. But yeah, it's an absolute sensation. And Liz is starting to regret the fact that she'd said to Penny to put uh, Jessica's story right next to her eyes and ears column, thinking that this was going to be like a fun aspect of it or something. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, she's kind of looking at the two pieces now and wishing that she hadn't kind of teamed up her journalistic efforts with those of her sister. Because uh, next to Jessica's spicy, irreverent anecdotes, eyes and ears seemed dry and uninspired. It's like, yeah, uh, do we know? <laughs> and oh. has been. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's always been the case. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ken loves Jessica's piece and he says, he's glad he didn't make the cut, but he says somebody else, he knows somebody who won't be very pleased. And Jessica's like, I mentioned no names. No one can object. And Ken says, tell that to Reginald Rich. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a moment where Jessica would worries that she's gone too far because Danny Stauffer, who has definitely been mentioned before, I can't remember when, Oh, yeah, that's definitely a familiar name, though, yeah. He passes by and uh, says, like, oh, you know, it's, I'm, I was thinking of asking you out, but I don't know, I don't want to end up in, like, the sequel to your last piece. So Jessica has a bit worry, is a bit worried, and uh, Liz says, look, you'll never have to be short of dates. The only thing you need to worry about is humiliating, you know, with Bruce, basically, and what you said about him, and uh, Jessica doesn't care about humiliating Bruce. And before we find out Bruce's reaction, we're going to take a moment to tell you about another podcast in the Headstuff stable. That's right. Yeah. So this week uh, you should check out Dublin and like you probably know about it already. It's It's been on the on the network with ages and it's uh, so it's PJ Gallagher and Suzanne Kane host uh, Dublin. Like it's great crack. They just chat about absolutely everything, like highs and lows of everyday life. It's pretty much whatever comes to mind. Uh, the lads are messers. It's a great listen and you should check it out. 
Dublin podcast is basically Suzanne Kane and PJ Gallagher. It is a podcast that is designed very much look at the negative side of things and tell you that it is okay to get up in the morning and live your day. Suzanne Kane, slightly crazy conservative lady and ultra liberal lunatic headcase me, PJ Gallagher, doing our best to put a smile on your face. It's a midlife, it is literally a midlife crisis podcast. Start from next week, we'll have 10 15 minutes of extra bonus material that will be on the podcast every single week, which will be very focused instead of this usual sort of demented ranting. Excuse me. And you can sign up together on headstuffpodcast.com where you'll find loads of other brilliant podcasts with, with all brilliant bonus topics material, and apparently. loads of great bonus material that isn't us, but stick with us too. Thank you. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Bruce is not enjoying his new celebrity status. <laughs> he sure isn't. Yeah, because we find out that uh, what Jess had to say, yeah, that that, uh, that he kisses like a dead jellyfish. I can't remember, did she say that earlier or did we already know that? Um, um, she No, I think she, well, she said, that's what she wrote anyway. No, yeah. we did mention it because um, that was the bit where Je- Jessica admitted that it wasn't even true. That's right, Liz. of course. Yes. Yeah, so poor Bruce is getting uh, tormented now for the rest of the day because, of course, everybody knows that he's Reginald Rich. Um, and yeah, weirdly, like one of the first people that they mention um, giving him a bit of, hard, of a hard time is Neil Fremont. Yeah. So just a bit like, I'm not really ready to see you yet, Neil Fremont. I don't he, think... Uh, I thought you'd be keeping a low profile. low profile. Like, I'm not ready for him to be like a fun tertiary character again, kind of throwing out digs. It's like, mm. no, no, you fucking get back in your box and yeah. uh, we will talk about you at some later point. Yes. But this is way too soon for me Hoping to you're still seen. having a good think about what you've done. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, I wouldn't be feeling so fucking carefree and uh, mm. free of guilt right now, you. So yeah, shut up, Neil. Well, he took quite a good line. <laughs> Not even a good line, but it's just funny to see Bruce be mocked. He says, hey, jellyfish lips, how about a smooch? (laughs) I just wish it was like Andy Jenkins that got to say that instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he doesn't get to have fun little cameos. That's it, like, yeah, let's throw him fun lines. Mm. Well, there's another jibe from Peter DeHaven, who you might remember was a massive dickhead. Uh, (laughs) And... uh, He's, uh, he's got a quite a jibe for Bruce. He does. He wants to join in on the phone and says, uh, had any good dates lately, Bruce? At the aquarium? <laughs> it's like a zoo for fishies. <laughs> it has to be done. <laughs> Every time. So Bruce gives out to his supposed friend, John Pfeiffer, who goes um, uh, for letting the piece go to press. And John, in fairness, rightly points out, like, I'm the sports editor. I did not see this until today. Sorry, like this is not, you know, nobody could have stopped this with Penny. And um, even Liz feels a bit sorry for Bruce as she witnesses all these jibes. It's but true, they- but it's, it is very funny that when Bruce is threatening the guys, because he's like, I'll nail you guys at practice. And it's like, oh, okay, Bruce. <laughs> and I'm going to nail you too. <laughs> it's like, this could be read in many ways, Bruce. <laughs> this is back to me laughing about fanny grabbing again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just couldn't let it go by. <laughs> Our minds really are in the gutter. Sad <laughs> to say. Um, well, uh, there's a genuinely funny scene happens next where they have yet another fucking marine biology class. Oh, God. <laughs> and Mr. Russo, who's back teaching marine biology all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Where's that guy gone? I can't even remember his name now. No, but, yeah. me neither. Russo's back on the job anyway. <laughs> well, he flashes a slide of a marine invertebrate onto the screen. And the laugh starts straight away. And Mr. Russo says, there is one free swimming marine 
coalenterate we're all familiar with. They've only from signs of the beach that warn us it's dangerous to swim when they've been spotted in the water. A girl in the back row giggled out loud. <laughs> and then Mr. Russo continues. Can you share his words? Having a partially transparent saucer-shaped body, <laughs> as Mr. Russo continued, the laughter in the room mounted. <laughs> I mean, it would. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, and tentacles studded with stinging cells. This now I don't know how to say this. You said it earlier, but I I'm, I just guessed. I think it's oh, coelenterate. Coelenterate's common name is the jellyfish. So of course it's a whole slideshow about jellyfish. So everybody's fucking cracking up at yeah. this at every word and every slide, uh, except for Bruce, who is extremely unimpressed. Yes, and in fairness, I would. I mean, if that had happened on that day, I would have started laughing as well. I'm sorry, I couldn't have helped it. It's yeah, no, that, that, as well. that would be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at the end of the class, Bruce storms out and Liz thinks Jessica might have gone too far this time. Uh-oh. But she also feels like, yeah, she had to admit that part of her thought Jessica deserved whatever might be coming her way. So she's <laughs> really like anti-Jessica, which is unusual for her. Quite just refreshing. because of her like jealousy over mm. Jess's writing going down such a storm. I'm here for it, though, oh, because yeah. she is so terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, and also Liz is often a doormat. So, Very true, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm glad to see you're not going to cover up for Jessica straight away. Um, so later in the Dairy Burger, Amy tells Lila about Bruce, how Bruce apparently stormed into the cheerleading practice to give out to Jessica, who just said, did you want to ask me out on another date? <laughs> and again, we get into Lila's mind. And I, oh my God, she's so, she's just so ridiculous. We told, she knew that Bruce saw himself as an aristocrat. Does he? <laughs> and that no matter how much of a jerk he might really be, he usually succeeded in keeping his cool. And uh, she realises that now Bruce wants revenge on Jessica just as much as she does. Oh, yeah. She reckons both uh, she and Bruce had good reason to be mad at Jessica. Maybe they should join forces in getting their revenge. Hmm. So there's an amazing visual I went after she heads over to the tennis courts where she knows Bruce is practicing and she uh, calls him over and we're told slinging a towel about his neck. He crossed the lawn to where Lila was lily- leaning against the hood of her lime green triumph. Oh, my God. Iconic. <laughs> you can just see it. So he thinks she's like Team Jessica, basically. But she assures him that, uh, au contraire, sticking up for Jessica is the furthest thing from my mind. And then Bruce, a knowing gleam, comes into Bruce's eyes. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, he says, I think if I have an idea why you're here. And Lila says, I think that you and I share something, Bruce. A pure and simple desire for revenge. <laughs> it's very dynasty, this whole scene, isn't it? It totally is. And I'm 100% here from it. Oh, for fantastic. It. Uh, and then Lila expounds on her plan. Yeah, so she says that Jessica took something that rightfully belongs to me, the guest spot on Eric Parker's TV programme. I want it back and I plan to get it. Uh, And Bruce uh, says, you know, Lila, ruining Jessica's chance to be on TV also occurred to me as a suitable punishment. But how are we going to do it? So, yeah, Lila says that she's got a plan uh, and points out that Jessica's supposed to be 
at the auditorium a half an hour earlier than br- the broadcast. So she's going yeah. to be there at seven. She's like, we just have to make sure that she's nowhere near the high school on Friday night. Then her alternate, moi, will take her <laughs> rightful place in the spotlight. <laughs> it's like she's half Lila Fowler, half Miss Piggy. It's oh. all amazing. <laughs> oh, well, that would be the true dream. Muppet Sweet Valley High. Holy shit. Oh my God. Though, Miss, Pi- need it. Miss Piggy does look more like a Wakefield. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, there aren't that many girl Muppets. I guess Olivia could be Janice. Yes, definitely. Mm, but uh, think about that one, listeners. Let us know oh, which Muppets is. could play. Please. <laughs> <laughs> who would uh, Who would be Ken? Ooh. Sam hmm. the Eagle. Oh, a young Sam the Eagle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 who doesn't dream of a young Sam the Eagle? He's a very handsome Muppet. <laughs> Winston would, of course, be Fuzzy Bear. A waka waka. Oh, he'd have to be. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, listeners, seriously, do share your thoughts on yeah. that. <laughs> this is just literally coming into our heads right now. So once you have time to think about it, which we're sure you will, do let us know which Muppets could play which Sweet Valley characters. Um, well, Lila outlines her scheme and uh, Bruce says, I always knew you had an evil streak, Lila, but this time you've really outdone yourself. Lila beams. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> so she thinks they're going to make a great team. Yes, and we actually we don't know what her plan is exactly. We just no. know that she's got something up her sleeve, yes. but we don't actually find out until until it's time to execute it. But yes. oh my God, I do love a Bruce and Lila team up. It's just oh, fantastic. It gets even better. Oh, good. So uh, yeah, so she has outlined the the scheme to Bruce, and he's he's all in. We cut to the casa where Liz is all frazzled as she has to make dinner with no help from Jessica. And we're told she's she's just come in. She's, she had to take some kids on a nature walk and she still has her homework and her column to do. And uh, Jess is busy preparing for her interview. She is being interviewed. Like the person who does the inter- interview preparation is generally the one doing the actual questioning. I'm not sure how she can prepare for this. That's very true. Although like I do get like being nervous about being mm. interviewed or whatever. But again, it's three days away. Like yeah. you, you don't have to do anything for it. You're not too busy to help make the dinner, basically. Very true. Seeing as she never fucking does it anyway. Mm. Like, yeah. Yes. So Liz says she's happy for her. And just like not everybody is and gives out about Lila's attitude. And Liz doesn't really blame Lila because apparently Jessica has been really rubbing her face in it about being the alternate. <laughs> she really has. I mean, you can imagine, I suppose. Yeah, there's probably more stuff that happened off camera. But yeah, she's just being a massive pain in the arse about it. Yeah. And Jessica's like, oh, you know, what if, what if they ask me some questions I'm not ready for? And Liz is just losing her patience with her and uh, eventually kind of snaps. Um, and uh, Liz feels guilty for snapping. So she offers to do a, a sort of a practice interview. She, she'll pretend to be Eric Parker. And Jess, of course, accepts this offer. But then Dawn rings and asks her to do the Sunset Tour. Like, the Second Lake Rangers are exploiting these volunteers. Oh, literally. Like, do they not have any actual fucking employees at this thing? Because she's literally just in the door from doing a nature walk. And now he's at her to come back out again. And it's like this fucking position or whatever unofficial operations chief thing is just as you say some exploitative bullshit and it's oh. like you better pay these kids I know it's meant to be a volunteer position but this is too much work to expect a volunteer 16 year old to do like she's literally just on a shift and he's getting around again to a sunset tour yeah fuck off Don do it yourself yeah so anyway she heads off and she doesn't get back till really late and it turns out she's missed a fancy dinner at Shay Sam oh this is so lousy oh I think it's because I really miss going to restaurants and I'm like no no <laughs> 
The idea of missing an opportunity to eat somewhere else and be given food you didn't have to make. It's too much. Oh, I know. Well, uh, Liz, it's about half nine and Liz is like, oh God, I've got to do my homework and I call you, but she's so exhausted. And she starts to ponder the eternal question, am I a writer or a ranger? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've also had that conundrum and wondered... Maybe you are, in fact, a, a writer or a ranger. <laughs> I know. So I haven't answered it. You know, can you do both and do them well? Are you going to have to make a choice? What's oh, the story? I don't know. So, <laughs> I haven't decided yet, so I'm still... <laughs> it's, the, it's the choice every writer faces. Very true. Well, Liz decides she's going to get up super early to do her homework, which actually makes me feel tired thinking about it, because oh. I just remember doing that the odd time. And it's pure it's last not- resort, isn't it? Trying to do it the morning of. Oh, yeah. it's awful. You're, I think you're better off just staying up really late rather yeah. than lying asleep, lying in bed thinking, oh God, I've got to get up at six o'clock or whatever. <laughs> just stay up late and finish it, Liz. Well, she's about to go to sleep. But then who should bounce in? Oh, fucking Jessica. <laughs> She's like, we we have to do that fake interview now. And of course, Liz, the sap gives in. I know. Yeah, because like Liz is like, I can't. I'm totally beat. Can't it wait? And like Jessica straight away is like, oh, well, sure. Whenever you can squeeze me into your hectic schedule, she added sarcastically. It's like, don't be such a little bitch. Oh, my God. She's tired. Leave her alone. Do it tomorrow. It's fine. Like you've loads of time. Exactly. And also, um, like she, her quest, her, or sorry, her, her answers to Liz's questions are extremely, extremely bland. So bland, so vague. Like this is such a nothing interview. It's so silly. So somehow Liz is impressed and says, hey, you know what? You're really good at this. You know what? Jessica replied, so are you. Oh God, aren't we fucking great? <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike Irish siblings. Oh my god! We'll be sitting there <laughs> praising each other. You'd have to like win a prize before you'd get spontaneous congratulations. Um, but uh, yeah, Liz has a bit of a revelation during yes, this moment, she, which is actually quite really, nice. It is actually, yeah, because as you said, she'd kind of lost her mojo. But she, mm. uh, as she's doing the questions and stuff, she's like, "This feels right," and uh, she feels like they make a really good team. And she interviews her a bit more and kind of feels like, you know, I am good at this and I enjoy it. Uh, and I actually really like, you know, interviewing people yeah. and realizes that um, she felt like there was something missing from her journalistic work lately. But apparently this interview had brought it all back with a rush. How much fun it was to find a story in a person or behind an event. Again, there's no story to be found out of Jessica here with these fucking answers. Oh, my God. No. But whatever it sparks off in Liz anyway, it kind of gets her back on a bit of a writing buzz and realizes how much she does actually enjoy that kind of work yeah. that she was doing. So it's kind of nice. So she feels all energised and as soon as the interview is is, um, finished, she sits right down to type up her column, which I'm sure will be as boring as ever. You know, (laughs) enjoy yourself, Liz. Good for you. Do you, Liz. (laughs) Well, on Thursday, it's raining and Liz has to go out and do more boring ranger stuff. God. Well, (laughs) Well, Jess chills at home, but then there's a phone call. Uh, oh yeah so uh, the phone rings and it's Lila uh, and mm. Jess can't believe it because obviously like the two of them they're not talking to each other in school at all and at least yeah it says they haven't spoken civilly to each other in days anyway mm. uh, not since the announcement that Lila was going to be the alternate um, so Jess feels like you know that Lila deserved having her nose rubbed in uh, rubbed in her success for the, the rotten trick she'd played but uh, Lila is calling to apologise she says sounding uncharacteristically subdued mm. um, so Jess obviously is kind of baffled by this she's like what not sure she heard her 
guys, mm. what's happening? <laughs> but she does feel a bit guilty. She she does think you know oh, it would take a lot for Lila to apologize. So she feels um, she's actually impressed. She is, yeah, and she kind of she's suddenly flooded with remorse and like this is very on Jessica, mm. but um, she realizes that she'd been enjoying Lila's misery and doing her best <laughs> to make it worse. And now Lila was asking her for forgiveness, and she is quite touched by this phone call. And she's like, "Look, you know, you're right. Friendship is more important than being on TV." And she apologizes too and says, "Look, I've been kind of nasty myself, and I'm sorry about it." Um, so they kind of, you know, as far as she's concerned, they're making up. Mm. So, mm. <laughs> well, Lila has a suggestion. Um, she suggests that the next day, because tomorrow's interview day, she suggests that they go shopping for an outfit after school. I mean, this is quite the contrivance because you would think that you wouldn't leave. If you're doing something, you have to be on telly at seven o'clock. You wouldn't wait till that after the afternoon, you know, after school to go buying an outfit for it. To find something to wear, like unless something like a disaster happened and literally yeah. what you were going to wear ended up getting messed up or lost yeah. or stuck in the dry cleaners knowing kids in Sweet Valley. Oh, good but, point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the afternoon of is a crazy time to go looking for something to wear on telly that evening. Well, apparently that was what Jess already had planned. She was planning to go with Alice, but Lila's like, oh, who need, wants to go with your mother when you can go with someone like me? And Lila, Jessica's like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Lila did have impeccable taste. It's like, of course yeah. she does. <laughs> so Jessica gives in and Lila says, you have my guarantee, Jess. We'll find something unforgettable. Ooh. <gasps> um, so after school the next day, Jessica gets into the Lime Green Triumph with Lila and suggest they hit like the usual spots like BBs but Lila has other plans yeah she reckons that uh, BBs in the designer shop just have the same old stuff they've already tried on a hundred times mm. suddenly Lila appeared struck by the inspiration <gasps> such a good actress oh, yeah. well. <laughs> I know there's a little boutique in Cold Springs that carries the most gorgeous clothes apparently everything is straight from Paris and Milan and their styles you won't see anywhere else um, but Jess is kind of like, okay, but Cold Springs is like an hour up the coast. Um, but Lila points out that we have plenty of time. It's only three o'clock. We'll be back by 5.30. No problem. Six at the absolute latest. And it's a nice day for a drive. I would think six would be extremely late to get home when you've got to change, probably have something to eat and then get to school by seven. Very true. Yes. I'd just be, be like, time for, no. Yeah. But, no, uh, she's cutting it fine as it is. Like, it's not yeah. good. But anyway, it's enough for Jessica. Hmm. So... Jessica agrees to go and then hilariously <laughs> you'll be sorry Lila said as she headed towards the coat highway I mean you won't be sorry she quickly corrected herself come on Lila you're, you're, you're so close at being the perfect villainess <laughs> and you have let us all down with that faux pas just literally ratting herself out <laughs> Well, Jessica, Jessica doesn't notice because she's so self-involved. I bet she, Lila could confess all that Jessica wouldn't notice. So, um, Very true. <laughs> the advantage of her being such a self-obsessed um, sociopath. And she tells Lila all about Bruce's, you know, empty threats as she sees them of revenge. Um, and Lila's like, hmm, yes. <laughs> and when they arrive at Cold Springs, Jessica reveals that she could, I, I guess she's got their credit card. She says she could charge anything she wants to Ned and Alice. Um, and they go to a boutique where the staff are looking at them a little suspiciously. 
Yeah, when they come in, Jessica notices this and she's like, they're staring, she says quietly to Lila. But Lila says, oh, it's, you know, probably just because we're younger than most of their customers and they don't think we can afford their stuff. So Jessica's pleased by this and she's like, oh, I guess they don't know that they're looking at a rising star. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it, Jessica. (laughs) Surely, yeah. Um, So uh, they, Jessica is like, or Lila stifles a giggle. And come on, Lila, you are not a very chill villain in this scene. You've been get pretty your, great for the rest of it. Come on, Fowler, get that game face on, for God's <laughs> sake. <laughs> You've got a job to do here. Well, Jessica looks at the prices of the outfits and they're really expensive. She's worried about, she doesn't know if her parents will be okay with this. But Lila's like, ah, oh, it's, it's a bargain for these stylish duds. Mm-hmm. Then she finds a frankly amazing outfit, mm. which I know we will keep, you will reveal at the end. But it is incredible. <laughs> and Lila offers to hold Jessica's bag while she goes into the changing room to try it on. And when Jessica tries it on, we're told... Now, can I can I share how she looks, even though it doesn't describe the outfit? Or were you planning on saving it for the outfit description? Uh, no, it's just the, like, the, the actual details of the yeah. outfit. But you can see how, how great she looks in it, all right? <laughs> well, we're told she looked chic and saucy and all-American. The TV cameras were going to love her. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, she calls for Lila to get her verdict. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah, she steps out of the dressing room, ready to model the outfit for Lila. But Lila is nowhere to be seen. Um. Oh no. <laughs> and what might Jessica see through the window of the boutique? So she sees Lila hopping into her car. And as Jessica watched in astonishment, Lila quickly backed the triumph out of the parking space and she is out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica runs out after her, but of course the sales staff pursue her and accuse her of shoplifting. Oh my god. So fu- yeah, unless Jessica's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm not a shoplifter. How dare you? <laughs> But apparently these women have called the cops and everything and the police are on their way. Jessica's like, what the hell is happening? This is terrible. Jessica also thinks, as did I, uh, in her opinion, walking out of a store wearing a stolen outfit was a pretty stupid way to shoplift. True. Very true. So yeah, fair fair to, to Jessica that that is kind of confusing. It's like, clearly I wasn't shoplifting. Yeah. I was chasing my friend who just stranded me. But the fact remains that she was caught outside wearing clothes from the shop. Very true. And it looked like she was running out. And also Lila has her purse because she was holding yeah. it while she was trying to stuff on so she can't even pay for the outfit to just like brush over all of this. Yes. So the cops arrive and Jessica bursts into tears. Oh. Meanwhile, Lila drives away in triumph in both <laughs> senses of the word. In every sense. Triumph in a triumph. Good for you, Lila. <laughs> well, we're told she did not need the radio or the scenery to entertain her. She was able to entertain herself just by imagining Jessica in handcuffs. <laughs> fantastic oh my god yeah she's just picturing Jessica like finally talking her way out of the mess and having to hitchhike home to Sweet Valley just in time to see Lila on TV <laughs> like Lila laughed out loud as she recalled the glimpse she'd gotten of Jessica in the rear view mirror as she pulled away and you can just picture her like tearing down the highway just laughing <laughs> maniacally I love it <laughs> and she thinks that Bruce must have played his part well and he must have been completely convincing when he called the restaurant to, or not the restaurant the, the shop earlier that afternoon pretending to be a police detective warning the Cold Springs retailers to be on the lookout for a shop lifter answering Jessica's description so good oh my god yes he called up the shop as Detective (laughs) Tapnum (laughs) so fun (laughs) well uh, we're told that uh, as Jess Lila thinks that Jessica had gloated and carried on all week long all week long as if she'd been crowned queen of Sweet Valley High and Lila was only her lady in waiting 
things were much more natural this way. No doubt about it. <laughs> a fowler didn't belong anywhere but at the top. Hell yes. <laughs> I mean, we're not arguing with you, Lila. <laughs> so good. And then we come to the best scene in the book. Oh my God. Best scene of any book? Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and not just Sweet Valley. In literature. <laughs> in the history of literature. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. <laughs> or your fatties. Oh God. <laughs> Whatever applies, it's fine. <laughs> well, she arrives at the Patman Estate, where Bruce just stepped out of the Olympic size ring, but we didn't have an Olympic size ring pool in Ireland in until Ireland, 59. Like, the entire country, and he's got one in his back garden. <laughs> well, he's toweling himself off. <laughs> and Lila is impressed. Oh my God. We're back in droplet territory. Hell yes, only it's good this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, his eyes light up expectantly when he sees her and in spite of herself, Lila took a moment to admire the way the drops of water glistened on Bruce's broad sun-tanned chest and shoulders. <laughs> and then she gives him a thumbs up. Now, thumbs up isn't very cool, Lila. I no. mean, it's a bit, uh, I mean, it's, you could have done something a bit more elegant. Maybe. She's flustered by the sun-tanned chest and all. Oh, true. And the droplets. <laughs> She says, mission accomplished. Jessica stranded, stranded, maybe even behind bars. Oh, God, so good. Bruce, like, literally punches a fist at the sky. Yes, he grabs Lila and swings her around in a spontaneous victory whirl. Way to go, Fowler. And she says, way to go, Patman. <laughs> so Lila's uh, delighted with herself and thinks she is going to be, quote, Sweet Valley's woman of the hour. Oh she already had the money and the name. Now with the exposure, she'd take off like a shooting star. <laughs> and then comes the greatest moment, possibly in literary history, <laughs> definitely in this book. Can you share it? Oh, my God. I, I sure can. <laughs> oh, yes, Lila threw her arms around Bruce's neck in an impetuous hug. Thanks for helping to make this happen, Bruce. Bruce slipped his own arms around Lila's waist. Anytime. <laughs> Suddenly, Lila realised that their bodies were pressed close together. Without thinking, she closed her eyes and tipped <gasps> her face to his. An instant later, Bruce's lips met hers in a passionate kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Scandalous. Oh. <laughs> they clung together for a moment before jumping apart in confusion. Even better. <laughs> Bruce looked as surprised as Lila did. Lila felt her cheeks burning. Of all people, Bruce Patman. She'd never even been attracted to him. Now she had just kissed him. How could she have done it? She didn't even like him. Nobody did. Okay, calm down. All right. <laughs> and Bruce steps back so sharply he nearly falls into the Olympic-sized pool. This is amazing. Like, surprise kiss, actual chemistry, immediate oh, embarrassment. That is so yeah. cute. It's great. <laughs> Most, no other characters have a better first kiss than this. Very they true. anywhere. No, usually you read about them kissing and it's like, oh God, these fucking suckers, I hate them. Uh, but this, I was thrilled by this. Yes, this is a proper <laughs> chemistry just takes over and next thing you know, they're kissing. Love it. Um, well, uh, hiding your embarrassment as best you could, Lila acted as if kissing your accomplice was simply a necessary part of the scheme. Oh my God. <laughs> sure, Lila, style it out, but it happened. We all know it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and we will not forget. <laughs> Oh, they should have gone further with that. They don't. Lila and Bruce get together in the Sweet Valley University books after she's been married to an Italian prince. I and mean, they get yeah. stranded up a mountain, if I recall correctly. 
It had to be something particularly dramatic, though, in fairness. Oh, no, I really wish I had my Sweet Valley University books. That was a great source of sadness to me. I definitely oh. had them like we had the cupboard of shame. <laughs> uh, my my friend Isabel and I, um, the uh, in, in the house we shared together in our early 20s, which had all the Sweet Valley books and the Sweet Valley University books. And I do not know what happened. Because I definitely have some of the contents of the cupboard of shame. It had the Jackie Collinses as well. Oh, this sounds like a cupboard of delight. It really was. I mean, yeah. it was the shame was very. We used to tell everybody about it, so it was not. It wasn't like a secret. It wasn't really of shame at all. She was like, "Do you want to see the cupboard of shame?" Yeah, it's amazing. You're gonna love it. Um, and the SVU books were in there, but oh, if, if anybody knows where's a good where's a good source to track down, I could. I want to rebuild my collection and relive those Bruce and Lila moments. Um, because yeah, we. Do not get enough Bruce and Lila in the in the OG Sweet Valley series. Mm, we need more of them together because oh my god, they're dynamite. Oh, they really are. Well, meanwhile, Jessica blah, blah, <laughs> uh, is at the station pleading her innocence, and obviously, it's quite easy to prove that this is a setup. Yeah, that's it. As they kind of talk it through, like they the two women eventually realize, yeah, that there was somebody else with her. Um, that she had kind of run out after her. And also there's no like proof that she was trying to steal them or that she came in here to steal clothes. Hmm. Um, and they eventually just kind of figure out that, oh yeah, that's it. it because the, the store manager mentions the detective that rang Detective Tapnum distinctly <laughs> said, and the cops kind of cut her off and they're like, wait, who? Uh, they're like, look, there's no Detective Tapnum on Cold Springs Force. Um, and there's no shoplifter who looks like her. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of eventually piece together that this was clearly a prank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jessica's very confused by all this and she's like, what the hell? And then eventually realizes it was all a setup that <gasps> Lila had planned for Jessica to get nabbed shoplifting. Yeah. Um, and hadn't left anything to chance, even with somebody making the phone call beforehand to the Lido, which is also the name of the shop, by the way, which oh, yeah. love that. Um, <laughs> and realizes, yeah, she planned the whole thing. She <gasps> planned it all. So I would miss the Eric Parker show. When I get my hands on that girl, she'll be sorry. <gasps> well, it's 625 now. And and like she's meant to be, you know, Sweet Valley's an hour away. She's meant to be there by seven. And the cop, who was actually very nice, um, uh, says that he'll give her a lift. But it, it, he, it'll have to wait till he gets off work at seven, which is yeah. obviously too late. Aww. So uh, the, the, the cop gives her some coins to call her family from the payphone, which you think she would have done before now. Like they could have collected her half an hour ago. That is very true. But it also seems like they spent all this time like interrogating her with the store manager looming over her until they actually figured out this and is she's all a minor. nonsense. Surely they would want to call her parents. Oh, it's so true. You're, yeah, the first thing you do is call her parents because she's literally 16. Like, oh, like uh, Anyway, she gets through to Liz when she rings home and tells her Liz all. And Liz is horrified and says, uh, look, just get here as soon as you can. I'm going to make sure Lila doesn't take your place. Or... And for some reason, Jess doesn't know what Liz is planning, even though it should be blatantly obvious. <laughs> and it's literally something they have done before. So often. <laughs> like there was the fashion show. There was the Miss Sweet Valley. There's oh, been- God. There's like an interview in one of the special editions for like the babysitting job oh, in Malibu. Like they've true. done this on the regular for quite some time now. Yes. Somehow it doesn't cross Liz's mind or Jessica's mind. Hmm. So as Liz prepares to spring into action for Jessica, Don rings and asks her to do as my, what my notes describe as some boring lake thing. <laughs> I know. I think I wrote down at this stage, like, get some fucking employees. What kind of joker is running this park? <laughs> yeah, ringing kids up at like six o'clock in the evening, half six in the evening, saying, oh, come and give us like lakeside midnight stroll or whatever the fuck they do there. Oh, well, Jessica realizes, or sorry, Liz realizes that Jessica is her priority and she says no. 
And uh, Liz is starting to realise that uh, she just couldn't give her all to the park. Her heart was somewhere else. No shit. And I hope Dawn realises he shouldn't have given her the role. <laughs> she has no commitment. None whatsoever. Like this should have been Enid's gig anyway from the get-go. Mm, true. If only he'd give it to Enid. Maybe that will co-op up in the next one because they're quite good in continuity at the moment. At the minute, they're on a bit of a roll, all right, with it, yeah. yeah. Much more so than usual. So Liz heads to the Hershey bar where she chooses what she thinks is a suitably Jessica-ish outfit, which I'm sure you will describe at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ned and Alice um, and Stephen are all there waiting to to go to see Jessica. And Liz um, says, look, I'll explain the car, but we've got to go right now. Mm-hmm. And when she goes backstage, who should she see looking very pleased with herself? Uh, yeah, so she sees that Eric is kind of looking kind of puzzled and frowning and he's looking at his watch. Mm-hmm. And then she notices Lila holding a dress bag, holding at his side, stood at, stood at his side, smiling sweetly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she hears Eric say, I'm afraid it looks like Jessica's not going to make it. I can't imagine why she hasn't gotten in touch with me. If something came up and uh, Lila's like, oh, I can't imagine. Mm. So he says, look, you know, you'd better get ready to take her place. We're going on air in a few minutes. So Lila's like, I'll change and be right out and waltzes off in the direction of a dressing room uh, looking like the cat that swallowed the canary according to Liz <laughs> by the way very convenient she has she has to change she didn't just arrive in her stage ensemble true although she might have given herself away there had she turned up already ready oh, to go oh good point not knowing that yeah she was likely to be called mm. to action well Liz just jumps over and sticks a chair under the door handle and locks the <laughs> in <laughs> so good she's actually locked in now <laughs> Which is great. Um, And uh, then she runs over to Eric, who is delighted to see Jessica, as he thinks, arrive. And they head onto the stage. Meanwhile, the cop has given Jessica a lift. And when she enters the auditorium, she sees herself. (gasps) Because apparently she's very easily surprised by having a twin. I know. Did you forget that you have an identical twin? Apparently. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because she's, um, when she walks in, it's like, Jessica gasped. That's not Lila, she thought in astonishment. That's me. No, of course it was not her. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit, Jessica. Oh it was Elizabeth. <laughs> like, Who wow, okay. could have seen this coming? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but Liz is pulling it off very well, apparently. She's doing a pretty good Jessica impersonation, according to her. And the audience <laughs> seem to be loving the performance because she can hear clapping and laughter at different points. So she's, uh, she's doing a great job. Yeah, oh, it sounds pretty boring to me. Completely. And uh, and one stage she thinks she worries Jessica Liz is getting a bit too Liz-like <laughs> because when Eric Parker says, your life sounds like a whirlwind, Jessica. Oh, so boring. <sighs> How do you find time to do all the things that interest you? Elizabeth tipped her head thoughtfully to one side. I guess priorities. She goes on about the importance of figuring out what's important. And Jessica thinks, what was Elizabeth talking about? Priorities? Jessica didn't even know the meaning of the word. <laughs> in the audience were sure to recognise recognize Elizabeth's masquerade if she got serious. But then when asked for her priorities are, Liz uh, smiles mischievously and says, boys, suntanning, and I guess, boys again! Oh and what, a, what an admirable, interesting person to have Seriously. on the- what on the show bitch like yeah but Jess, <laughs> Jess is delighted she's like oh that's more like it <laughs> then Jessica decides she better sneak out because she can't risk being seen uh, in case they think there's two Jessicas even though it'd be fucking obvious that they think it was Liz I know that's what I was thinking as well but you look also surely everybody's going where is Liz why isn't Liz in the audience oh you'd think so but look that's us there's coming in here logic I mean, oh good you know. point <laughs> Uh, well, she sneaks backstage and finds Liz, who has just left the stage. Wild applause, of course. Of course. 
And uh, Liz thinks it's kind of ironic that standing in for Jessica has helped her to see something about herself. She has not lost anything in these past few weeks by helping Jessica to be the best person she could possibly be. I mean, the best person Jessica could possibly be is really, I mean, I, I think the bar is low. And I don't <laughs> think true. Jessica Liz really helped her be that person. <laughs> she just told her to go for an interview or go to pitch an article. Anyway, she's learned she can be happy for Jess. They can compliment each other, blah, 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 blah. And then she says something that would sound very saucy if, say, Bruce was saying it to Lila. <laughs> it's wasted on these two idiots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she says, shut up and strip. God. <laughs> <laughs> she ordered with a smile. And uh, everyone fawns over Jessica when she emerges, except Lila, who's been freed from her prison. Yeah, I think Lila was watching this with her hands on her hips, just scowling and looking absolutely furious. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jessica's watching out for it. She's like, would Lila have the nerve to face her after that stunt she'd pulled <gasps> uh, after the afternoon in Cold Springs? Yes, it seems she would. <laughs> Lila had reappeared, her face twisted with fury, but she <gasps> wasn't scowling at Jessica. Instead, her stormy eyes were trained on Bruce Patman, who was lurking on the edge of the crowd. Jessica's like, what is going on here? Why would she be mad at Bruce? <laughs> so I'm not really sure why she is mad at him, though. Because he played his part. That is true. But she uh, she storms up to Bruce anyway and yells at him. She's like, thanks a lot for screwing things up, Patman. Obviously, your stupid phone call wasn't very convincing if the police couldn't keep Jessica occupied any longer. So that's when Jessica puts it together that like Tapnum is also like Patman. Oh my God, how did it take her this <laughs> long? Super good anagram. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she realizes that's the case. But then I wonder also, is that Lila just taking her anger out on Bruce because she's mm. mad that she kissed him maybe? Mm. And we're still kind of yeah, I think that's probably true. Bit of electricity up in here. <laughs> but that's right because Bruce is speechless and Lila's still yelling at him but everyone's watching her and she says Jessica was right all along you do kiss like a dead jellyfish <laughs> and cause less Jessica is not curious enough she's just like huh how did she know this but she doesn't think about it she doesn't actually think oh shit does that mean they're mm-hmm. I know come on <laughs> well I mean she didn't notice when Lila said you will be sorry that's so true she's not particularly observant (laughs) well uh bruce stomps off and then jessica grabs lila's car keys throws them up at a curtain it's that is pretty good actually (laughs) so lila's like i'm stranded and uh jessica is pretty much thinking now you know how i feel (laughs) sure enough we cut to monday and Liz is telling her pals that Ned and Alice set the video to record the interview on Friday night. Jessica's been watching it all weekend like a psychopath. Like, seriously, she's kind of like, yeah, guess who sat in front of the television all weekend watching herself <gasps> over and over. Oh like, yes, that is God. normal behaviour. <laughs> was it even her? But this is the thing. She's like, apparently Elizabeth was not kidding about Jessica having watched the videotape over and over again. Jessica had played it so many times that she'd learned all of Eric's questions and (gasps) all of Elizabeth's replies by heart. Elizabeth suspected that Jessica had managed to convince herself that it was actually she, not Elizabeth, on the tape after all. Like, oh no, that's not good. (laughs) Worrying. Worrying is what that is. Yeah. Well, instead of being worried that her sister needs some sort of uh, psychiatric attention, uh, Liz just tells Todd that she's decided she's officially to um, left the Junior Rangers. She was overextending herself. Um, but now she's rediscovered her love of journalism, but she's going to sort of combine her interests now. Yeah, she's going to... Um... 
oh, she's going to write something, oh, an article all about uh, the program at Second mm. Lake and the importance of environmental awareness. So she's hoping that what she writes will inspire people to go join local conservation programs. Yeah. So it's like one final good deed for the park because it might push some more people in the way of their stupid fucking ranger, yeah. junior <laughs> ranger thing. Her kids are getting called in the middle of the night to go save <laughs> ducks or something. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, maybe it'll encourage, maybe it'll give some funding so they can actually pay some staff and don't have to rely on children. Seriously, lads, like, my God, yes. Well, Penny then gives her another assignment. She wants to ask uh, her to add something to eyes and ears. And it's no wonder this column is so boring. Oh, my God. Yeah, apparently it's a list of new faces at Sweet Valley High. There's a new guidance counsellor, two teachers moving up from the middle school and a few new students. Apparently one is a junior and she's like, have any of you guys met Andrea Slade? but nobody has, apparently. Now, Todd, rather obnoxiously, says that if she's worth knowing, she'll find her way to them. <laughs> I know. Like, Liz gives him a playful shove and goes, oh, you're so conceited. But also, this is how you guys operate. So, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, Andrea, you're better off without any of this, <laughs> this shower. Um, so Kara and Jessica joins them and Jessica is still on top of the world and we're told the fact was that everybody thought it was Jessica on telly so it might as well have been <laughs> that's it she's getting all the attention her name was the one in the paper and she was the one the talent scouts would be calling any day now <laughs> any day Jessica any day <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but then Kara and Amy grab her and they march her over to a certain person who's sitting all alone Oh. Um, yeah, Lila's sitting all alone at a corner table eating a, a chef salad. Hmm. So her and Jess eye each other warily and uh, they kind of give each other a bit of shit. Uh, but, you know, calling each other saying, oh, you know, Lila's like, oh, these seats are taken. No space for liars and cheats and manipulators. So Jess is like, <laughs> yeah, because the biggest liar, cheat and manipulator in the entire world is already in residence. So Amy and Kara have had enough of this. And they're just like, right, fucking cop on the pair ye, in so yeah. many words. Um, or else, you know, we'll start our own feud against the two of ye. Yeah. And they, Amy kind of points out, look, I can't keep exact count of how many times you guys stabbed each other in the back, but it's probably even at this stage. Um, True. So they kind of just tell them, look, just sort your shit out and we'll all just put it behind us and get on with things. Well, uh, yeah, they. I'm actually surprised it takes a, they make up that quickly, but I'm kind of glad. Oh, me too. Yeah. At least neither of them don't hold a grudge. That's in true. this case. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, all the skullduggery is forgotten. And Jessica points out a girl in the um, queue in the cafeteria who's wearing the suede skirt we were told earlier that she plans to buy in the sets. And as they watch, a cer- um, she's approached by somebody that we know and hate. Yeah, Kirk Anderson, also known as Kirk the Jerk, uh, approaches her. Apparently he makes some kind of invitation and the girl shakes her head with a smile. Then she turns her back on him and just goes back to, I don't know, it's like a vending machine that mm. she's standing at. And uh, Amy's like, oh, Kirk the Jerk struck out. And mm. Lila's kind of surprised because um, this girl is new. So she's like, well, she wouldn't know about Kirk's reputation yet. And it turns out that this is the mysterious Andrea Slade. Yes. Jessica says she looks funky. But uh, when Lila meanly says, she looks like a loser to me. No one really interesting ever moves to this town. (laughs) Jesus, Lila. (laughs) But that is 
the end of Starring Jessica. Oh, God, that was great crack. <gasps> can you read us out, please? I sure can. Is there anything interesting about the mysterious Andrea Slade? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 72, Rockstar's Girl. Oh, yeah. Well, there is. <laughs> there is something interesting about her. Yes, there is. Oh, my God. Well, after that absolutely magnificent book, do you? I know you have stats and outfits. I do, I do. Um, now, the only thing is that the blondness and blue-green eyes were much uh, sparser than I thought they'd be, considering, you know, it is yeah. starring Jessica after all, and we got a twin switch. But um, the blondness only got two mentions, and the blue-green eyes only got one. <gasps> one? Yeah, I but the lime-green triumph... Oh, I know, me too. But, like, the lime-green triumph cropped up at least four times, I feel like. Um, and we got hella fucking outfits oh so. my god let's just go to the outfits let's do it so uh we find out that andrea slade yes she's wearing the the miniskirt that jess had been saving up for and uh, it's a brown suede miniskirt so there's that mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had a brown 70s a-line miniskirt when i was a teen like about 17 so i'm i don't know i can't judge her okay fair i used to uh, wear it with like a skinny rib top Oh, very, very Enid of you in the mm, TV show. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we find out that Lila's outfit that she was going to wear for the interview when she thought she was going to step in at the last minute uh, was a buttercup yellow dress. Ooh, I, I can see it. I, yeah, I, th- I can see that working for her. I feel like purple is usually her colour, but I'm sure she would work in yellow. Yeah. Um, then what Liz pulls together from the Hershey bar <laughs> for her uh, Jessica impersonation, which we also get on the, the cover, uh, bits of so it's a short black skirt uh, a white tank top and then uh, it's a boxy turquoise jacket off the back of a chair so that's what she's actually wearing on the cover which is great mm, yes. but what's particularly lovely is the detail that she scrunches up the sleeves <gasps> of the loose jacket well that was my reverse confirmation outfit so my outfit for my confirmation in 1988 was a sort of aqua blue cotton dress with a drop waist and a, and a white cotton jacket over it which I wore with the sleeves rolled up. <gasps> My God, you really were a reverse Jessica. Yeah. Amazing. In many ways, I'm a reverse Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. She also wears a silver and turquoise bracelet and a pair mm-hmm. of matching earrings. So it's it's quite the ensemble. Well, there's one outfit left, which oh, is, God, yes. so magnificent. This is magnificent. This is truly fantastic. So this is what Jess tries on in the Lido up at Cold Springs when she gets busted. Oh so it's... Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know, but go on, give it a try. So it's a cropped cherry red top with big gold buttons, a white sailor style collar and a matching mini skirt. Oh my God. Like. No wonder uh, she looks chic and sexy or whatever she looked. Oh my God. Yeah, Lila, when she um, pulls it off the hanger, <laughs> she's like, it's very French, sharp, but not too dressy. Like stunning <laughs> wow that is i mean every we've had a dearth in outfits lately that is true yeah it's been it's it's been overdue to have uh have some banger outfits and this fucking delivered yeah oh my god it, it's like that final outfit has but was worth the wait quite frankly. Really <laughs> yeah oh my goodness listeners well we hope that you enjoyed this book as much as we did. Oh have we had a better kiss in the entire series than the Bruce and Lila moment? I don't think we have. I mean, that was sensational. I loved it. It was genuinely a gasp-worthy moment. Truly. I'm pretty sure I punched the air and possibly oh. screamed a little bit. I like think I was... might have screamed a little bit myself. 
You're just delighted. <laughs> so did uh, did you ever dream of being interviewed on national television? If you did, did it bring you international celebrity? <laughs> Were you immediately scouted by a talent scout for something? Because <laughs> apparently that's a thing. <laughs> um, did you ever have an embarrassing transatlantic slang faux pas by saying <laughs> something? By either being amused by something that's an innocent remark that's rude on your side of the Atlantic or inadvertently saying something that was rude. Um, you know that we like lear- we, we've been very obvious about our wild ignorance of American ways. So far we know we're saying absolute filth constantly. <laughs> Not even on purpose. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time it is on purpose. It is a lot, often on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> but if we are the equivalent of that nice lady who said, who uh, talked fondly about a child grabbing her fanny, then <laughs> please, please let us know, because I think we'd rather... <laughs> and you know if this isn't enough sweet valley madness for us you can or for you i mean i don't even know if it's enough for us um you can of course support us by joining headstuff plus yeah so if you subscribe to headstuff plus you can do so for as little as five euros a month and um, you get access to all our bonus content so you get our bonus series pi beta alpha where we have unreal crack talking about the TV show. Oh my God. So much fun. And it has to be said, the next episode of Pi Beta Alpha is going to be about an episode we both watched in recent days. And I believe that I texted Karen to say that I was, in all caps, shook by the... I can't even, I don't even have words. I'll have to think before we record this episode what words I will use. Because there was a lot of all caps screaming in our WhatsApp conversation. It was another one of those conversations. Yeah. I mean, the Halloween episode holds a special place in my heart, but oh my God, it has got some competition. So yeah, you need to get on that. Oh, I shrieked more at this one. I Yeah, there was definitely more shrieking from me too. I think I, yeah, a lot of screaming, a lot of delighted air punches. <laughs> I might just give one word. Gold Fowler. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. <laughs> it's every bit as good as that sounds, listeners. And you can get access to our special episodes, um, which come out every fortnight, by signing up for as little as five euros a month to Headstuff Plus. And if you do, you can choose whether you just want your, your money to go to us or whether you want to spread it out with some of your other favourite Headstuff podcasts. But whatever you decide to do, you will get access to all the bonus material from all the Headstuff podcast um, stable. So uh, yeah, it's it's quite the bargain. And um, yeah, I mean, five, little as five euro a month, or, you know, as much as you want to give us if you're feeling even more generous. But uh, a bit flahoolic, we won't be mad at you. <laughs> no, certainly would not. But um, yeah, if you do, you will never have to go for more than a week without Sweet Valley because our bonus episodes come out in the week in a special secret podcast feed uh, in the uh, episode, in the weeks that the main episode does not. And uh, we want both Pi Beta Alpha and... Um, and regular listeners to let us know what you what size merch you want. You may remember in our last episode we told you about our survey. We're looking to see what size people would order our uh, forthcoming um, Pi Beat Alpha varsity jackets in. So um, we're going to take down that survey very soon. But 
this might be your last chance. If you want to go to our Instagram and uh, follow the link in the profile, you'll be able to fill it out. And you'll let us know a bit more about uh, what you think of the show and what you'd like us to do for future future specials and spin-offs and what have you. Um, so, yeah, you you know where to contact us at this stage. But uh, it, we are on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at svhpodcast. And a little Twitter shout out that this very week, Karen did quite an amazing choose your own adventure (laughs) on our Twitter account. Yeah, no. you can tell I've, I've recovered from the uh, the Sweet Valley World Cup of Boys Instagram Twitter post. <laughs> I went and did another big, mad, stupid thing. <laughs> it is incredible. And uh, it's it's currently pinned at the time of writing. It's currently pinned in our Twitter account. So if you go to uh, to SVH podcast on Twitter, you'll get you'll be able to find out what you know, what you'd do if you were Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to find that out? Just temporarily, obviously. Just for a little bit. Just spend half an hour in her shoes. See what happens. (laughs) Uh, Well, we will see our special Pi Beta Alpha members next week when we find out what happens when, uh, in Liz's mind at least, the uh, Jessica becomes Agent uh, 007. (laughs) And we will see everybody else in two weeks' time where we find out what happens when Jessica and Lila turn their attention to Rockstar's Girl. Oh man, it's going to be good. Oh, there's going to be so many stupid misunderstandings. I can't wait. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.